Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, introducing the greatest top ten show, The Movie Mount Rushmore, featuring the one AJ Anthony Jordan, the UK's favourite film critic, Nico Duro, the silver screen dude! Hey screeners, how you doing? It's myself, the one AJ, Anthony Jordan. And me, Nico Lero. Hey, so what can I say? It's been, a, as we just, just said off camera, it's been a while since we've done a profile mm. um, episode. And in the build up to... A beautiful Oscars, day in the neighbourhood. And obviously, <laughs> the beautiful day in the neighbourhood. Well, who better to honour and kick off the profiles of 2020 than a man that... Has lasted, yeah, who's lasted decades for us. In the terms of acting and delivering in oh, all yeah. genres, the one and only Mr. Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. This guy, man. I mean, in the modern day, the only man who's ever won two Best Actor Awards back to back. Yeah. Like, he's untouchable, this man. And he, do you know what? The, the one thing I can't remember him doing is a villain. I'd love to see him do a villain, but I do wonder if he's got that in his wheelhouse. Like, there's certain films he's in where, like, he's... One which didn't make my list, I doubt it would have made yours, but just, I won't drop the name, we can talk about it later, but it's a gangster-related one, um, where, yeah, he's playing someone who's an, an inherently bad person, but you're still kind of rooting for him because it's Tom Hanks. It might be the same film that I've got on my list. Oh, Interesting. Or there's another one where he's playing a policeman and you're rooting for the other person, but you're still like, yeah, but it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one is also on the list. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. He, he's, he's, he's so fucking likeable, isn't he? It is, there is. There, there's just this something of the inner... You just can't picture him being a, a mm. bad person, you know? No. You couldn't expect him in a Scorsese film being like, fuck no. where the fuck's my money? <laughs> if that ever came out of no, I love it. It would be amazing, but just like, wow. I'm not saying he doesn't have the acting gravitas for it. Don't get me wrong. Two Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, you know. But it's just, it's it just not that, you know, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's the nice guy. But hey, if it happens, it happens. Do you know, I was listening, um, I think it was on Empire. I was listening to um, an interview that he was in recently. And after he left the room, they kept the mic rolling. And then I think it was his publicist who came in the room. And uh, a bit of pretext to this is that apparently he'd been doing the rounds with all the press. And, you know, it was end of a, end of a day. Yeah. Really end of a day. And he came off brilliantly in the interview, as you'd expect. Leaves the room, his publicist comes in, and the guy interviewing... Um, Hank just I think that went, went really well he was so lovely and she went you know he's won two Oscars right <laughs> <laughs> like he can get you to believe what the fuck he wants yeah yeah I get that but no do you know what having done interviews with some people you do have those people who you could tell they're at the end of the day yeah so it's really good yeah, that yeah, you yeah. do have people who don't give you that kind of treatment and will give you the absolute best at all times. Two Oscars. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm genuinely looking forward to this because, I mean, the scope of his work, I mean, it is, it's something it's else. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And I'm looking at this list and I'm like, you know, you, when you mentioned Cop, there was something else I remembered and I was like, God, I forgot another Cop movie yeah. that he done. And da, 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 da. Yeah. So... It, it goes on, but these, this the, I'm, I'm happy with this list. It, it covers a few. I'm 
Oh, I'm not, weirdly, because even looking at my bottom three and then looking at what's on my list on the side, I could very easily put in things that are on my side list in at one of the bottom three spots. And, like, ultimately on a different day, this the bo- especially the bottom three, like the top five or six, I'd say, are pretty much written in stone, but... Yeah, bottom four, actually. Any other day I could change this. It could. It could. Um... Yeah. <laughs> it's a difficult one, but don't get me wrong, there's still a few films from him I haven't seen. Um, there's one I'm hoping you've seen, I think it deserves a lot of credit for, but I just didn't get around to seeing it. We'll see. We'll um, see. But yeah, it's Tom Hanks, and I'm down. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm down too. Should we get the ball rolling on yes. this? Before we do, would you like to... So for those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. Please be sure to leave a five-star rating on iTunes and all podcast platforms, the links of which where we are featured are in the description of this podcast below. There are many. I won't list them all because I always miss one. All the links are below. How does the movie Mount Rushmore work? AJ and I each get assigned a topic. We go our separate ways and we come back into studio and deliver to you the Silver Screen Dudes, our individual top tens. AJ will go first delivering his bottom three. I'll deliver my bottom three. AJ will deliver his next two while I will deliver my next two then we will trade one apiece if at any point while we are running off our list one person has a movie in the high position that person will say punt and we will punt and talk about that movie when we get to the high position once we have both delivered our individual top tens we will create the movie Mount Rushmore these are the four quintessential diverse movies of the genre which this week is Tom Hanks movies yes sir also follow us on Twitter lots of fun stuff going on there indeed quick before we carry on, actually, speaking of a beautiful day in the neighbourhood, KFC launched a vegan burger. Yeah, I, so I, I'm not against this. I'm well, not, I would hope not. I'm not against this, but someone did put, was it a tweet out? And I, I did have to laugh, and I'm not trying to put you off this bur- your, your burger, mm-hmm. right? But someone did say, I love it. All these vegetarians and vegans run into the biggest chicken killer to buy the vegan burger. And I was like, Good point. Well, no. But that point is missing the point. It's like, yeah, they are the biggest chicken killer, and they're sending out a message that they're going to stop killing as many chickens. I I, I get it. I get it. You know, the the, the more that you buy, the less chickens kill, and the better it is. Um, It's cool. I I always believe you should have choices. Yes. No no exclusion. So, yes, you do chicken, and yeah. You know, as me, as a reformed... Very, very, very large amounts of meat eater. Like, meat was my thing until six to eight months ago. And I'm absolutely not a militant vegan. I'm not even a vegan, for fuck's sake. I'm vegetarian. Um, And I'm not one of these people who will say, yeah, 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 this vegan equivalent, all this vegetarian equivalent tastes exactly the same as meat. That would be a lie. And I know there's people out there who are like, yeah, yeah, try this beetroot burger. It bleeds just like minced meat. No, it doesn't. It tastes lovely. But you're not going to convince me that Nando's... Like, I don't give a fuck. I go into Nando's, I miss the chicken. I'm mm. not going to lie. I'm not going to say otherwise. I won't do it because of, of environmental and agricultural choices. But I miss the shit. And this vegetarian equivalent isn't replacing it. It's just a choice I'm making to be like, no murder to animals and all that. Right? However, this fucking thing at KFC, bro... I was expecting something along the line of Nando's, you know, a bean burger or like a chickpea burger. I mean, I think it is chickpea based. The shit tastes like chicken. Nice. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I'll be having a few of these. (laughs) Cool. 
<laughs> it was really nice to be able to go back into KFC. That's my beautiful day in the neighborhood moment. Nice. Nice. Also, Space Force camo. Green. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> Follow at Movie MT Rushmore for find out more as to what Nico was talking about. Later. This made me so happy. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, mate. Sorry. No, tangent by all done. Means. Tangent no, done. By all means. By all means. This is what we're here for. If we don't tangent, people wonder what's up. Okay. Fire away, bro. Um, my number 10, I'm going old school. I'm going growing up. I'm going big. Honourable. Honourable. I just... Do you know, anytime I picture Tom Hanks, I kind of picture this movie from childhood. And I I couldn't not mention it in the list because this was... It was something you just dream of as a kid. Of course. It's that moment of you wake up and you're an adult and all the madness you can get away with. And he delivers it so well in in playing a grown child. Yeah. And that, that innocence and the, you know having to adapt to the adult life and cover it up I, I just think he done absolutely amazing he did this movie's got surprising depth and it's obviously got that moment at FAO Schwartz yeah. you know on the piano but I mean that that, yeah, that, that. resonates throughout <laughs> history it's iconic that yeah, it's, scene yeah 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 um, I mean yeah I get why I made your list it had to it just had to I couldn't not do it it was yeah, everything that we've covered, it's it's 80s, 90s kids. This is what we, we grew up on and loved. And it's, you know, after that, I saw stuff like Freaky Friday. All of these other stuff that came on where you see, like, role reversals or people growing up. I, I just think big. Mm. Anytime I do it, I just, it always comes back to big. And then I just think Tom Hanks. It still is the gold standard, isn't it? Yeah. If yeah. you're talking role reversals or age differentiation. Yeah, 13 going on first. Yeah. All of it. Like, 17 big. again. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like big done it first. <laughs> yeah, big did it first, and, and big hasn't been bettered. Yeah, it's yeah. Tom Hanks did bring a, a very he brought a lovely naivete to that role, didn't he? he did. It's like I'm an adult, but I'm playing a kid in an adult's body. It's quite a difficult role to play. It I is, imagine. I yeah, because if you play it wrong, you end up being Will, Will Ferrell. Ferrell. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Love that. Number nine. This is the film that I'm not sure if you were talking about, where he is the villain, but you're seeing the whole film from the villain's perspective, so you take it in, The Lady Killers. Oh, do you know what? I completely forgot about that one. Okay, so which one was the one you were talking about? Well, oh. ah! What if it doesn't? What if it comes up later in your list? Is there any movie where he plays a gangster? No. In your list? Okay, cool. Road to Perdition? Okay, I haven't seen that one as yet. To Mate, it's fucking excellent. I keep bringing this up. It's based on a comic book. It's... it's uh, Pretty sure it's directed by Sam Mendes. <gasps> Speaking of Sam Mendes, another tangent. Oh my god, 1917. See that already? Jesus fucking Christ. I need to talk to you about films after. People, no, you, you, well, we're talking about people films must now. Be like, huh? Huh? <laughs> the movie guy needs to talk to someone about Yeah, yeah, we do, believe it or not. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, this is a silver screen endorsement from one half of the silver screen dudes. Guys, go and see 1917. There's a lot of hate for this movie out there because, like with anything, when it's excessively good, there's people who jump on the bandwagon, myself included, going, oh my God, it's amazing, because it is. And then you've got the other side of the same coin, which is that, you know, as with anything in the universe, there needs to be an equilibrium. And there's people hating on this movie going, it's not a proper war movie. It's like, yes, it is. Except it's not... It's very different. If you're going in there expecting Hacksaw Ridge or Saving Private Ryan, oh boy, you're going to be disappointed. It's nothing like that as a war movie. It is a war movie about people, about a relationship between two people. And the theme of time being the enemy is so 
fucking well choreographed. Like, ooh, excuse me. Like, what they do with a camera, and this is in no small part thanks to Roger Deakins, who's one of the top two cinematographers for me nowadays. I mean, it's fucking ballet. It is ballet with a camera, what they do. I mean, you know the whole thing's one shot. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like Birdman. Like, it's one continuous shot. And to do a war movie on that scale, you're like... Uh, <laughs> whoa interesting interesting insane silver screen endorsement for me it's a 9 out of 10 easy cool watch it cool 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 right actually a small other tangent on this because I have a 2 li- a two C list so I've just added that to my 2 C list what Road Perdition or 1917 both well one's in the cinema so it's going to get seen it the, 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 <laughs> the posters will remind me as opposed to my 2 C list have you seen the rise of Skywalker yet tonight anyway <laughs> very good right now on my to-see list is a film that you've told me off about. Right? Mm-hmm. Snowpiercer. Ah, now, yeah. I need to know yes. if anyone else has this problem. You say it's on Netflix, to which I agree. Yes. However, it has this blank image and it doesn't have a time and it doesn't allow you to play it, but it says Snowpiercer. So anyone else on the silver screen platforms out there, I would like to know Tweet do us. you also have this issue because I want to see the film and I've gone onto Netflix and this is what stopped me the last time I remember saying there was something that stopped me okay well let's do this right now I was like why does it not work quick tangent here I mean this isn't a fucking tangent silver screen dudes this is the stuff you listen to us for is to be right here in the living with it with right here in the living room with us so I am logging onto Netflix right now um I am gonna log into my account I'm gonna find the fuck is going on with yours AJ that's beyond weird so, Snowpiercer. Come on. So, Snowpiercer. Okay, that wasn't happening before. So, here's an interesting thing. Oh, no. You've got to remind me this. But, yeah. So, maybe they've removed it and they just haven't... Re- but That's annoying. Because but, I watched it on Netflix recently. Dude, but this is the second time I... I mean, when we had this reminder, I'm like, right, let me go back to this film. And, once again, this is what I had. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I've never seen anything... The only other time I had something like this was when The Witcher was, be, was being added. Right, okay. They had the slot there. But everything else gets removed, it's removed. You know, go and look for... I can't even remember something. Well, else. this is why we have a Twitter account. Time to tweet Netflix. Oh, yeah. There you go. This is what we're about. And guys, if you're having that same problem, please be sure to like that tweet and retweet that tweet. And also, please be sure to follow us at MovieMTRushmore. There you go. Um, right, should we get back to what the dudes tuned in for? Yes, okay. So, The Lady Killers. This was... You know this is a remake? I did. Hmm. I found out after. And I really loved it when I saw it. And I came back and I was like, Dad, you need to see this film. Yeah. Just out of school. Okay. And I had a real laugh of it. I'm like, it's actually quite funny. Lady Killers. I'm sure this film, that rings a bell. You know, you get that kind of... Is that the film about a bunch of guys who move into a house and they're going underground? An old people's home, right? It's an old lady's house and so she's renting out a room. And they're... Well, no, she's renting out... The, they come to her to rent out the attic and they're play, claiming to be a band rehearsing. And it's Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is dressed... Tom pre- Cruise? Thanks. I just realised that twice. <laughs> I said, you said Cruise twice. You, anyway, I can't use the C word. But I was... What? And I don't mean Cruise. That one, yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. There are children listening. Scott Mendelson's listening. And that, we're trying to keep it clean, you know? Yeah, well, Mendelssohn... Yeah. He has, I think that's the midnight in his passport, but we shan't go now. Oh, shit! <laughs> Damn! Just went shit. there. Shit! Then I go there, yeah, I did. 
Oops, no returns. Anyway, what can we do? <laughs> well, no, you'll probably think he is a, he's more of a cunt because he put a, um, a meme up recently of uh, a scene from The Mandalorian where one of the snow tro- uh, one of the stormtroopers hits Baby Yoda and the comment was essentially insi- insinuating this stormtrooper did what the whole world wants to do. <laughs> my, my response was parenting advice from Scott Mendelson. <laughs> I mean, that's one. Then there's number two. If you are the world-renowned critic that you are, Mr. Mendelssohn, you would obviously... You've just proven one thing. The whole world loves Baby Yoda. You're saying that, so that proves you know nothing. He does know nothing. But this is it. it just, and yet the man who claims that it's bad that people don't watch adult films anymore. Why are you tweeting about Star Wars? Yeah. There we go. Trying to get those follows, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. you missed the followers. You missed the likes. <laughs> God, I hate him. Fuck, I hate him. I hate him so much. <laughs> but yeah. Back, back so, to Lady yeah. <laughs> So it is, and Tom Hanks, Mr. Hanks, who this episode is. Short Hanks. Short Hanks. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine if I had to remove him from the list? Damn, the wrong Tom. <laughs> is, Quick, remake the list. <laughs> imagine Colonel Sanders. It's literally that look, the same kernel that. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember very the much like that. Yeah, very southern, and it, you know he's the quite the orchestra master, and you know he's the one who's infiltrated in, and it's all about them digging a tunnel from this house to perform a robbery in a a bank across the road or something like that. And, okay, but it it's called the Lady Killers because along the way, this ensemble cast end you know they end up killing the old lady. Don't want to get into spoilers, but it just leads to all these mishaps and death and right. Okay. It was a lot. It was a lot of fun. So it's a dark comedy. It's dark comedy, but it, you know, it's that kind of picture Ocean's Eleven, but believe it or not, more comedic. Okay, and it, it it was really good. I had a load of fun with this film. You know who two of the cast members of the original were? Was it? I'm thinking Rat Pack, Peter maybe. Sellers, and Alec Guinness. That's who, yes. Uh, yeah. Mate, like, that's... That's fucking Hollywood gold right And there. I think that's why this film didn't get as much credit as it was, because I think you, you had the big boys in the first one. Yeah. And, but this one... Hank, enough enough yeah. love for Hanks, yeah, yeah, but yeah. this is Peter Sellers we're talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, by all means, by all means. But I... Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It's, okay. a, it's a nice bit of comedy. It was a nice touch of comedy with that one. Cool. Okay, this one... It feels so bad to put it on a number eight, but I mean, this is Tom Hanks we're talking about, and they're, they're all good. Yeah, I caught this one very recently on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Sully, Sully almost made it. Sully, yeah, Sully is a good film, and I also caught it for the first time on Netflix. I can't put my finger on why this film didn't resonate with me. I love the love the story. I love the chemistry between him and Aaron Eckhart. Brilliant chemistry. Uh, really good chemistry. I love this whole... I mean, it's not even a story, is it? Because it actually happened. Actually, but I like the way a hero essentially becomes vilified by the corporations. Like, yeah. these are all good elements for storytelling here. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was the pacing. Maybe it was the there way was it was something... edited. There was something I know what you mean. And this that's why it's where it's at. I, I really liked it. And the story is... Fact- I mean, you know me. My, this is my new... Sucker. Biopic. This is it. This is my new sucker profile. Like, that's the category I go for. And I know what you mean in the sense that you feel for him, 
You know he's a hero, but it doesn't. There's something about him. There's not enough background for you to love him. Then you get these other flashbacks. There is something. It doesn't give it, you that. It feels cold. Yeah, yeah. It's like, not. And warm. I don't know if that. And like it's like some... you, you don't see him as a bad guy, but it's no, just never. you don't you don't warm to him because it's it's weird. Cause it feels like. I think because they had to show the split of the world, there's some who are like, you are my hero, and there are others like, this guy done wrong. You know, Mainly from the corporations, to be fair. Did he do wrong, though? He didn't. And th- do you know what I loved? And let me, spoiler, whichever way you want to do it, is when they're in the courthouse, mm. and they're showing, you could have turned back. You could have gone to this airport. And he was like, okay, I get that. But this is, what you're doing is you've removed the human element from this. Mm-hmm. These guys know this is coming. Now do it on another way. How many times did they have to do it? And you're like, he's done the absolute best thing possible. Like anything else. No one died for fuck's sake. Like, I don't even know why this is. Here's, I think actually talking about it with you, I think I've just put my fucking finger on the pulse of what annoys me about this. And this is a true story, mind you, where, and the one I'm comparing it to isn't flight. I think flight was based on a true story as well. Okay. Well then if, if if flight's real, I find much more understanding and credibility with the corporations complaining about Denzel because let's be honest, he was drunk. <laughs> he was drunk and coked off his head. Yeah, he still saved nearly everyone. Four people died, and yeah, it, it looks like you know flying a plane upside down. That looks like the sort of thing that a coked a cokehead yeah. might do. But the reality is, is that when you look at his training, he did absolutely the right thing. But flying a plane upside down like I kind of get why a corporation would be like hey yo you know full on bloody Razor Ramon on him (laughs) (laughs) hey yo Um, landing a plane in the Hudson River correct me if I'm wrong but I've done a lot of flying and I'm pretty sure that there is something on the emergency announcement which is in the event of a water landing like why is why was this treated as such an abnormality? It's like they literally have protocols for making water landings. Like, where's the beef? No one died. Just because they believed he could have turned back, and they, you know, suck a dick. No one died. But I think what? They, yeah, exactly. No one died, but there was more potential of dying. In their reasoning, there was more potential of dying based on the fact that. People are in the river in the cold woods. Had you gone to an airport, everyone just lands and you, you know, it's a safer option. So why did Alternatively, you plane crashes potentially. Of course, I get it. And I just done a quick Google search. Flight is based on a film which actually had an, a, a, a crash in Alaska where no one survived. So it's okay. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and you're right in that fact that it's not the yeah. same. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, no, I agree. There was something... That's the part. You're like, but why are you arguing with this guy? Why Real are talk. you arguing with... And that was... It's part of the problem. And you're trying to get that depth as to why. And I think that's missing from the film. It's missing and it ultimately just... It, it, it kind of detracts from the hero- heroism of him, uh, of Sir Captain Sully. And it just... It just left me feeling cold. I don't know. Maybe it was the fact that this shit was real and it just made me really lose hope in humanity. It's like you're vilifying someone who saved a plane full of people. Like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. Like, fuck off. Like, this isn't a nice... I'm not saying all I need is fucking peaches, rainbows and marshmallow puking unicorns, but... 
shit, man. Like, as human beings, recognize when someone's done an act of heroism and don't vilify it. This is it. This is it. And it just, it, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Maybe that was the point. Maybe that was the point. <laughs> Maybe that was the point. Who knows? Um, but that was your number eight, yeah? Yes, over to you, sir. My number ten, pretty sure we're going to say the words punt, Apollo 13. Honourable. Oh, no shit. No, honourable. And I, I kept thinking to myself, like, am I really leaving this off the list? But It's big. It is. It is a big one. It is a big one, but... Like, I'd say that's one of his defining films. It is. It is. But then I think that's another part of me that was like, we have these edutainment errors, and... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There are other defining ones that... Well made for its time. Like you consider this was a late nineties film. Like the effects were on point on this. I mean, I I rewatched this recently. It hasn't aged really. No, I can Um, imagine not. The pacings, everything in the build up to the takeoff is really interesting because you've kind of got that. Oh fuck, are they going to make it or not? But this, I think what Ron Howard did that was really clever is that ultimately. What you're looking at is three men trapped in space and the people bringing them home are, you know, these aren't what you would call your stereotypical movie stars. These are physicians and mathematicians. Yeah. And he's somehow made mathematical talk, which is beyond the realm of most people's understanding, certainly my own, somehow made it interesting. Um, Great cast, though. You know, Hank's RIP to Bill Paxton. Um, Kevin Bacon, yeah. obviously, Ed Harris, Gary Sinise. It's yeah, good cast. Big cast. Really big cast. Really good cast. And, yeah, true story, obviously. Yes, so, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was late. Mm-hmm. I was late. I was actually late to this. Um, first time I saw it was about six years ago, maybe, six, seven years ago. Okay. And it actually blew me away more, you know, when you're really watching it, you have, damn. It's, well, as you said, it, it brings you in. Mm. It brings you in, and you're like, huh. Yeah, well, I've seen better space movies than this, but it's not a bad one. No, it's, God, it's, no, it's not, it's not a bad one because you've seen. But no, I agree. I agree with you. And there is that touching element of you know this is his last flight, and you kind of do want him to land on the moon in that yeah. moment where they're using the moon's atmosphere to kind of slingshot back towards Earth, and he's looking at it, and you kind of ah yeah. oh, shit, shit, damn, should have got it. Um, yeah, that was my number ten. My number nine. I'm going to imagine my nine and eight probably you probably missed you. Uh, my number nine, Charlie Wilson's War, missed. Yeah, I had a feeling. So the, the, I, I know it was there. To be fair, and I, it's good. Is it on Netflix? It's, it's on, on Netflix. It's on Netflix yeah. or Prime. It's definitely reachable. Um, really, really good. It's about um, Texan congressman Charlie Wilson. Um, you do need, I think, for the film to have its full impact it, dr- dramatical impact it does require you to know a little bit about the Cold War history um, especially in relation to um, the American collaboration with Afghanistan because essentially what the Russia okay here's the history for those of you who don't know and for those of you who do know and who know more about it than me and think I'm making a mistake that's what Twitter's for um, literally actually that's <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, Russia was uh, obviously expanding, uh, or, or the S- USSR as it was then known, not Russia, the USSR, the Union of Socialist Soviet Republics, was expanding, taking over a lot of the Middle East, of Europe, and they were taking over Afghanistan. Now, the Afghans, notoriously fucking hard people, 
right? Hard as nails. This is not a nation you want to fuck with. Um, they had their holy warriors called the Mujahideen. Unfortunately, the Mujahideen, brave as they were, were essentially going up against Russian tanks. It, 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 yeah, yeah, it's an unwinnable battle. Yeah. It is an unwinnable battle. So, Charlie Wilson is thinking, without being public about it, by getting the right support, and the support comes in the help of Julia Roberts, who is superb in this film, um, and in the help of, again, an, another RIP moment, Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah. who is on the CIA side of things. Together they form this weird alliance whereby they manage to arm the Mujahideen. So effectively, the immediate thought is, well, by arming the Mujahideen, you've got to remember with the Cold War, the huge risk was if they declare war openly, you've got World War Three on your hands. That's why it was called the Cold War, because it was a kind yeah. of... Tactical yeah, war of attrition. Kind of had a, you can't fight directly against each other because then it's yeah. an open declaration of war. However, you arm a country to fight the war for you. They're yeah. doing your dirty very, work. It was a very tactical chess game. Very it? tactical chess game. So the Americans arm the Mujahideen, and the movie ends with Charlie Wilson, you know, being given some sort of not a medal of honor, but one of the numerous medals, forgive me, I don't know them all off by heart, but he gets given a medal to recognise his great achievements for pushing the Russians back thanks to arming the Mujahideen. Now what happened in history, and this is true, guess what the Mujahideen became? ISIS. In the long term, essentially, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Mujahideen became the Taliban. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's the thing, yeah, between the So... Effectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Americans right, a, armed the fucking yeah. people who led that, to 9 yeah. 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? right? I did not. And the movie ends on that kind of note of, oh shit, you fucked up here. Oh, this was really short sighted. Yeah. Because it was one thing, yeah, the, the short term plan, which was push the Russians back, that worked. However, they did not at all think about the psyche and the mentality. And this may sound racist, what I'm about to say, it's not. I'd ask you to be a bit culturally aware when I'm saying this. People from different parts of the world have different views of the world based on their upbringing and their surroundings, right? The view of, at least what I've been led to believe through study and through film and through schoolwork and through self-study, people in the Middle East have a certain view of the world. They have certain values, family values, political values, whatever, right? And those values are not in line with the values of America. Oh, they, they differ. They differ. There's, they no, there's, no, differ. there's no arguments on that. Arming people who are that at odds with you in the long term is never a good idea. And that's where they were short-sighted. And that, ultimately, so whereby in the film, and this is why it's very powerful, Charlie Wilson is obviously praised for his brilliant tactical move. And when it ends, if you've got your history brain on it, you think, uh, he fucked up. <laughs> he fucked up bad. Mm. Um, but Tom Hanks plays the role of Charlie Wilson, this Texas senator. You know, he brings his A-game here with the charm, the, the chemistry he's got with the other actors on screen. It is, it's a really good movie if you're into political movies. Cool. That was my nine. My eight, another political movie. Uh, this time it is Tom Hanks and Meryl Streep. You don't get much better than that. No, you don't. I'm trying to think. The Post. I have I mentioned this it. to you. I think this this came up around the time, if I'm not mistaken, as we first formed. I, I believe mistaken. so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
No, The Post is a hell of a movie. Yeah, political in the sense that it ends with the breaking at the Watergate Hotel. So, you know, the Watergate scandal yeah, yeah, with yeah, Richard yeah, yeah. Nixon. But what it's actually about is... So, Tom Hang, so Meryl Streep it plays the owner of um, a newspaper called the Washington Post, right? Obviously, the Washington Post on the modern stage is a fucking juggernaut of a newspaper. When this movie's set, it's in a bit of a, a transitional period because the owner wasn't Meryl, it was her husband. Her husband's recently passed away and she's inherited this paper. And she plays... Meryl's obviously a genius, but she plays this role so well of finding her feet in a world that's completely male-dominated in a time where women are not given a voice, but she, by circumstance, finds herself in a world where she's the one woman playing in a pool with men, right? Um... And some people around her are giving her sound advice. Some are taking advantage of the fact that she's a woman who won't speak out. So there's that sort of level of interest as far as an audience goes. Now, Tom Hanks plays her editor-in-chief. His big thing is, we need to push for the big stories. She's very much like, well, I'm not about writing puff pieces, but, you know, I've got people like Robert McNamara who are friends of mine. So that we can't upset the powers that be. Yeah. Now, what surfaces... Not through the Washington Post, they're the ones who end up publishing the story, but what surfaces is years, and I mean decades when I mean years, of dirt on the American government in relation to the Vietnam War, and how all the way back to Truman, and Eisenhower, and LBJ, and Kennedy, there was never any evidence that America could win the war in Vietnam, and there were numerous opportunities for them to withdraw. And you have to remember, there was a very, very bad feeling towards the US government back home as far as the Vietnam War was concerned. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, Lyndon Baines Johnson, LBJ, had that famous song that the hippies were screaming, uh, that were, the hippies were singing outside of the White House, going, hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today, you know? So... The American people are rife with anti-Vietnam feelings at the moment. And the Washington Post comes across, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of U.S. classified manuscripts of evidence showing you should be not be in Vietnam. And the big build-up in this movie is, do we publish, do we not publish, do we publish, do we not publish? The New York Post had an opportunity to publish... And they get taken to the Supreme Court, you know, for treason over this. And it turns out that the Washington Post got their hands on the same manuscripts through the same fucking lead as the as the New York Post. So you're treason by so you're treasonous by association there. So there's this huge fucking build up to the eventual court case. The, it's not a court case movie. The court case is a blink and you'll miss it scene. But it's um, the build, yeah. It's the build up to this whole well, what is justice essentially? Is it? And what is the freedom of the press? Does the freedom of the press outweigh the, uh, the, the duty of government and the law of government? Sounds like my kind of film. It's fucking good. Sounds like my kind of film. It's really good, mate. And it's called The Post. I really, it's directed by Spielberg. Question. Yeah. Here's a question for you. You may not know, you may not. So I know there's the New York Post on that as well. Are they all owned by the same conglomerate and it's different states? Or is it... I mean, obviously that's got nothing to do with this. I'm just... Yeah, I'm just... I've got no idea. Okay. Interesting, though. One would assume. Yeah. Safe to assume, but I do not know. What's your number seven? My number seven, I'm sure, is going to be a punt. The Green Mile. That would be a punt. Right, okay. Would you like my number six? I would, sir. Catch Me If You Can. Is also my number six. Cool. Now, 
<laughs> this is the one where we he's, the cop, <laughs> he's the cop and you root for the bad guy but you're still like it's Tom Hanks and this is the problem yeah. the bad guy is played by Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio. <laughs> it's like okay you've got Tom Hanks but you got Leah, <laughs> and this is why I think, for all intents, it is a number six because it's like, dude, yeah, you're good, but Leo brings the rain. <laughs> Leo brings the rain in this film. It's so fascinating, this film, isn't it? Yeah, and every it, the story of this young kid who, I mean, fucking tricked the world into believing he was a pilot, a doctor, a lawyer. And, was, and I think this is the thing. Had it been that he was just a guy on the run, right? Hanks may have been equal, if not beaten. However, Leo is a freaking chameleon in this yeah. film. Yeah. He is a chameleon. He adapts to any environment you put him in. Yeah. And the fact that it happened in real life is even more, you're like, what? You know, you just, this really happened. And that is why, you know, he is the cop chasing this guy as you said who tricked the entire world into many professions and these are these aren't just like oh I'm going to pretend to be a shopkeeper then I'm going to pretend to be no no these are ones you need certificates for yeah. you need years <laughs> years in uni for yeah. and this guy just convinces you like yeah I, I, I'm, I'm your substitute teacher I'm a pilot I'm, I'm a substitute <laughs> teacher <laughs> forgot about that <laughs> It, 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 there's too much power in this film it, it's, it's big and what a supporting cast the likes of Martin Sheen Christopher Walken fucking Amy Adams yeah. in one of her early roles I mean exactly. it's yeah. so good it is so 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 good um, it's, it's moving though like, yeah. and there's a certain subtlety to it that I love too you know when the mother's obviously cheating on Christopher Walken yeah. but it's never shown it's never explicitly said you kind of you just hope it's not real, but you know it's you going. Know it it's, that, it's that kind of thing. If you just don't want to admit it, but you just know it's going. You know it's real. And the fact that they never show the dad dying, he just sort of finds out. And it's just that thing about life, isn't it? Well, life moves on if you don't keep up. You yeah. Know? It, it's, uh, it's beautifully powerful. And it's so well fucking paced. It is so well paced. Never a moment of dullness. No, absolutely not. And it's that roller coaster, as you said. You've got happiness, you've got sadness, you've got comedy. You've just got it all, you know, cunning parts. You're like, what? no, you did it. Like, it, yeah, yeah it, it really has you. It's perfectly paced. The standout scene for me, I have to say, is when Hanks tracks him down to the hotel and he comes out the bathroom and still manages to swindle him. Like, hey, I'm also a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like, can I yeah. see some ID? You can never be too sure. <laughs> Cheeky motherfucker! You pushed it to uh, every every angle. It's just like, dude. Yeah. Like, this Frank Abagnale, and I love the fact again, biopic, your favorite. Um, but I love the fact that this guy was so good that him and uh, that Frank Abagnale and what the fuck was Hanready, Carl Hanready, um, that they together effectively built what was still used today as you know fraud detection in the <laughs> FBI. It, it's, it's fucking up. fascinating. It's absolutely out there, isn't it? Yeah. Another Spielberg movie. There, Indeed. You know. Yeah. There is a there's a there's a link when these two meet. You know. You've oh, of course. Much. You know you've got some magic going on. A hundred percent. So that was my number six. Over to you, Seth, for your number seven. My number seven is Castaway. This is the one I was hoping you had seen. Yes. Not you've not seen Castaway. Never touched Castaway. Oh shit! So here, here's the joke. Castaway came out when we were in school. Now, Castaway is applauded by many. Yeah. Then you have others who just can't seem to get past 
the fact that it's one man owning this thing on his own on the island. And Why? But I, so I put it this way, I always have this thing in the back of my head that sticks to me of my sister saying to me, her friends walked out after half an hour because they couldn't do it anymore. Hmm? She had some friends who went to see this film and they walked out. They couldn't Your do it sister anymore. needs to rethink her friends. <laughs> and that's why Castaway has always been a kind of, I want to, but I have, and I just, it, okay. I, I, I skirt um, from it based on it, but I, I do have to do it. I say this with utmost humility, but based on the fact that... Okay, here's the thing. People always say, like, why do critics have a more valid opinion than an audience? It's very fucking simple. It's like, that's like, uh, for me, that question I find so redundant because that's like saying, why does a history teacher's opinion about history matter more than a student's? Mm. Boy, one's read more up about it. It's not about... What's your opinion on... F- it, we're not asking a question of, was Hitler good or bad? You know, we're saying, how broad... Is, if, if both parties are saying Hitler was bad, you've got the student and the history teacher saying Hitler was bad. Believe you me, the history teacher's going to have a lot more sources to support the whole history. Hitler was bad. Now, I relate this to being a film critic. When people poo-poo on, like, when I was dabbling with being a film critic, Right? And people at work, someone said, well, why is your opinion more valid than mine? It's like, my opinion's not more valid than yours. My knowledge is greater than yours. Therefore, the opinion I'm putting forward has got more to support it. It's not about my opinion matters more than yours. Shit, man. Films are the most subjective thing in the world. There's no, there's no wrong opinion. No, 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 there isn't. Like, they speak to all of us in completely different ways. However, where I'm going to with this is when people say they can't handle it because it's one man, that's when I'm going to say you should watch it because I think unlike them, much more like me, I do believe having watched the amount of movies that we've watched, we are on a higher platform than them when it comes to appreciation. Don't get me wrong, dude. By all means. But for some reason, you know when you just get that trigger of... Fuck the trigger. I will do. I will do. It just hasn't got that. Even there, when I typed it in, I saw Castle, I was like... This is going to be the time where I still didn't get around to do it, but it, it, I want to do it. it will Let me done. ask you this. And don't go all bare grills on me here, but if you landed on a desert island, would you know what the fuck to do? Fuck no, so then you can relate to this film. <laughs> I get you, I get you. Right? There's nothing specifically complex about it. You know, this isn't Indiana Jones and Bear Grylls landing on a desert island. This is a fucking a FedEx man. This isn't someone who's lived on the harsh wilderness by himself, you know. And what this story tracks is him leaving. I believe it's New York because fucking everything happens in New York. Um, I believe it's New York. The plane crashes. It's literally a desert island. Now, it's not six days and seven nights territory where there's pirates and it's a harsh environment. Just desert island. You know, it's, there's some hills, there's some rocks, there's some beach, there's some palm trees. It's nothing overly threatening other than the fact that, hey, dude, you're on your own. So you got no food, you got no water, you got no means to hunt. You don't know if there's anything to hunt. Here's a question. Survive. Mm. And that's all this movie shows is one man's internal and external fight for survival. And all these memes and gifts about, you know, Wilson. I'm sure you've heard of Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course it's fucking funny. Like, ultimately, yeah, when you if you want to be cynical about it, it's funny as fuck. 
But I'm sorry, if you want to actually bite into it, and that's what movies are at the end of the day, is a form of escapism and storytelling. If, if I'm going to buy into this character, and because Tom Hanks is so fucking good, I do, <laughs> I do buy into this character, this man is spending a long time alone on an island. You, you he is going something. to externalise his thoughts. You have, He's, you have to. You're not going to, you know, if you're having a reflective moment, we're surrounded in a very busy society here in London where, you know, you're not going to externalise everything for X, Y, Z reasons. You're on an island alone. You don't have any friends. You don't have any human communication. You're going to go a bit cuckoo. You're going to make friends with a volleyball with a face on it. And you're going to call it Wilson and you're going to have some deep thoughts with Wilson. You're going to have then those moments which he shows of, the fuck is wrong with me? I'm speaking to a volleyball. And then the moment after he kicks the volleyball, it's like, Wilson, <laughs> where's my friend? You know? And I'm sorry, when he loses, minor spoiler, but when he does lose Wilson, I defy you to find any other actor on the planet who can make me care about a fucking volleyball. It's, mate, it's a good film. I'll check it. I will check it. Will For the performance it. alone. Like, you like one performance movies. You like those sorts of things anyway. This is right <laughs> up your street. Dude, I motherfucker. I have no idea. Fucking sisters, friends, motherfuck these people. Just, yeah, it, yeah, it killed it for me, but I will... Fuck them. I will get to it. But the highest of respect, of course. Follow us. Um, <laughs> Please don't unsubscribe. <laughs> My number six is Catch Me If You Can, so we're trading one apiece. Your number five. The Terminal. Almost made it. I really, I do like this film. I, I again, Netflix. Thank you very much, Spielberg. Thank you very much. Yeah, I. This pretty much could have been like the because it really has this. You follow one man for a long time on it, you know. Dude, if you like the terminal, you're gonna like Castaway. Can I just throw this out? <laughs> I just got there. I. What I loved was the way. So it's the story of a man who, while in transit. And landed in America. He doesn't know that his country has gone to war. Um, it's it's a fictional country. Can't remember the name, but it's neighbouring with Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And as he lands, and he's he's actually studying the world. And this is what I love is that he's actually seeing the Chinese who are illegally entering the country, and he's just fascinated by that. Gets his passport over, and they're like, you "Can't border." And his English is not great, and they're having to explain to him, "You, can't, you, you know, America is closed." We can't send you back because your passport's not valid in your home country and we can't let you out because... You're an illegal citizen. Yeah, you're an illegal citizen, so there's nothing we can do. Right now, you have no nationality and all we can do is leave you within the confines of the arrivals terminal. Well, just this airport terminal because you're seeing people come and go. Excuse me. And Which is neutral territory. Yeah, of it's course. neutral territory. It, it, there, it's no man's land, essentially. Yeah. And that's where he lives. And, it, you know, you see the part where he, he's not given it, he's given some vouchers. He tries to help someone. He loses vouchers. How is he meant to eat? Uh, he's figured out the trolleys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I love that. That was masterful. And it was Burger King. Like, <laughs> I like cheeseburger. <laughs> One American cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> and he <laughs> makes an actual life for yep. himself. Hugo yeah. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, you just think to yourself, what would you... Again, now you're talking survival. What do you do? You're, Bro, you're in a tap. more you're describing this, more I'm like, this is the same film. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it, it's that line. And it's when they said to him, America is closed. And when they're like, go. 
because they're like, if if he tries to break a crime, he's gone from here. And this is with you know a guy who's just adamant to to climb the ranks to the highest thing. But he Stanley has, Tucci, right? Yeah, that's his mm. name. Yeah, that's correct. And he's trying. What do you do with this man who refuses to break the law? And I love it when he's looking and you can just see the camera following him. And as he looks back, he's like, I stay! I don't go! <laughs> I'll wait here! <laughs> and he realises and he educates himself as yeah. much as he can and he's he does everything within this one area. And then comes a lady. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones. And I, I don't blame her. I actually don't no. know if I believed her when she said she was 30. Whatever, was it? She, people believe she was 30. So I, don't, I, don't, I, I can tell you're older than that. But, but you look good. good. She looked good. Don't get me wrong. And everything. And, and that, that relationship of it could have been something, but it can't be. And how he even manages to woo a woman without leaving an airport terminal, you have to give a lot of credit to. And then the old... Big um, man. Player. <laughs> And then the old Asian guy who refuses to trust him, like, there must be something wrong. Why do we have this man here? <laughs> the fuck is he doing here? You know? <laughs> I don't trust him. And then they're coming up even to a card game. It's like, put him for a scanner because there's something wrong. I loved all of it. And it was, it was heartwarming. It is. It, it was. And, and even the purpose for why he wants to go there, you know, just, I don't want to spoil it, but he's... he's it's, you know, yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. It's such a nice feeling. It's like, this is, I will wait as long as I need to. This is all I want to do. It, it, yeah, dude. It, that that as I said, you know, I mentioned my bottom three could have been traded. The terminal was one I was very much like, oh shit. And the funny thing, I don't know if you know, it's loosely based on a true story. I've heard this. Yeah, it was about I think an Algerian, Algerian in Charles de Gaulle Airport or something like that. I don't know what no happened shit. at the time, but it happened in Charles de Gaulle Airport, and it was something very similar. And he just made a life for himself. Good for him. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my five, I have a feeling we're saying the words punt, saving private Ryan. So if I say it's my number four, let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. <laughs> let's just I'm go surprised for it. it's that low. Eh. Some stuff needs to be mentioned. And, uh, yeah. Oh, it needs to be mentioned, but I know you. I know the reverence you have for this film. But the others are the others. And they... <laughs> it, it made the four. <laughs> it made the four. Um, what is it to be said? This film... I, I, what I love is you watch this film and you hear Saving Private Ryan and it's like Tom Tom Hanks leads this all Spielberg again and you're like okay and the funny thing is is I remember the first time watching it and the first thing that hit me was oh he's not Private Ryan yeah right. <laughs> I was like oh okay you know Private Ryan played by Matt Damon Matt Damon yeah just happens to be the mission yeah and this is it the mission is uh, it's the story of um, three brothers who have Gone to war, two have died, and the the US has said three have died. It's three. Is it four brothers then? It's four brothers. Okay, I thought it was three brothers. Yeah, four brothers. Three have died, and the US are like, we can't let the <laughs> we, we could, die. This is too harsh on the parents. Yeah, let's bring this guy back. So you send a group of soldiers to rescue one man, and I mean there is the argument. So so what? Our lives mean nothing. That we're going off to bring this one fucking guy back. Like I don't have parents. You know, all of that comes in, and it's just this group. And the thing is, what what we have to remember about war is, you have people who join the army, mm. and they're prepared for war. Then you have people who are conscripted and forced to join the army because war has come. Yeah, and this is what you see a lot of with these guys. 
it wasn't that they, you know, they have dreams at home, they had careers at home, and they've gone out and they're doing this, and they're out there. And I love so many different, there were so many different stories, but what I always remember was the opening, I mean, this film was the opening scene, more than anything, I'm, I'm not knocking Hanks' performance by any means, but I remember, I, I, I'm not one of those guys who runs to war movies. No, right? you're not. That's I'm very not. true. You miss it. I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy who runs to a run to 1970. I, I, I will, by all means. Don't get me wrong. And, I, you know, and th- please, mate, don't miss this one. No, no, no. You uh, will. This is a 300 moment if you miss it. This is. You have to see this one I in will, the cinema. I will do for sure. But I just remember this scene, and I'm like, damn. Yeah. The way you see the bullets, the insert, you know, oh, the, the, the fire in the, and I was just. It's vicious. <gasps> Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm doing this. I'm thinking I'm on TV. Like my, it was an open jaw. Yeah, yeah. and breathtaking. Spielberg delivered, and everyone did. And I'm not taking. And this is what I, I assessed it for: is that I'm not taking nothing away from Hanks because he led this team. You you follow it. To, you know, as much as we've spoken about it, as much as it's an old film, you don't want to go down spoilers. You have this thing of near the end, you're like, oh, so this is how this is ending. Yeah, you're you're like ah. Didn't see that coming. No. Didn't see that coming. And Ryan, for me, mate, it's it's a very very strange one because you know I'm I'm a big war guy, like war film guy, I should say, not a big war guy. War's bad, kids. <laughs> um, big war film guy. That's one of my favourite genres. It's a weird one because I always think eh, war film, but then every time I've watched them, I'm like, oh, it's good. <laughs> it's so I, good. I, I get you. <laughs> I, I, I always get you. Um, that opening. I mean. Fuck the war veterans when they saw that were like it brought us back there. That's how that was an endorsement from people who lived it. You know, I, I, I remember reading about some of the war veterans actually having to walk out the cinema because it was that. Bloodline like, PTSD. Whoa, 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 whoa! This is like I'm reliving it. Fuck this. But we can also talk about the final battle. Like, I'm mate. That tiger tank rolling into the city. Bro, that, that is so much. So what? much. It was like so many different things. (laughs) That tiger tank became Jaws. That's how I was like, Spielberg's going Jaws on us here. Yeah. It's like, you know, that creaking, that of the wheels. That was, that may as well have been dun, 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 dun. I mean, that that fucking thing turned into a shark. And that final battle is superb. I do have one major fucking issue with the film. And unfortunately, it's a lot of things you've just been praising. The US Army doesn't have that much of a heart they are not going to risk the lives of platoons to get one guy out Mm. it's like it was world war 2 for fuck's sake just people died there there was no rhyme or reason about it no exactly there was a certain emotion a sentimentality to it that I thought this is a bit much this is you're you're for all of the greatness I'm seeing on screen as far as set pieces are concerned, the sentimentality, and then the way it, it could have been any other mission with the same story. Yeah, I get you didn't, you just wouldn't happen that people go to get one man out who's also serving. It just, it, 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 and I couldn't get that out of my head. I'm like, it's this, just, just this, this wouldn't happen. This wouldn't fucking happen. Um, as great as the set pieces were and that line at the end tell me I've been good it's like oh shut up yeah oh shut up come yeah, on yeah, yeah. stop it stop it you're going too far here but it is my number five because I, I think everyone and there are a lot of people who do not like this film 
Interesting. A lot, like, and for the reasons I've just talked about. But for me, while I recognise that there's a lot of fault in this movie, holy shit, the good outweighs that. Oh man! By all means, by all means, yeah. So that was my five and your four, yeah. That's correct, yeah. Uh, my four. Please tell me you've seen this now, Philadelphia. What do you mean? No, I've seen it when the first time. Oh, right. Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! How dare you! My bad. How dare you! Um, is this a punt? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, 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 no! I saw this shit in like '97. Yeah. Just, no, no. I, I retract previous <laughs> statement. Please tell me you've seen no. No. It was on my Denzel list. What the hell? My bad. <laughs> I own my shit. Yeah? I haven't seen them. I put my hand up. This one I've seen. Whoa. All right, all right. Okay. My bad. Right. So that's a pun. How to get it? Yeah, that's a pun. <laughs> all right. Your three. Toy Story. Mine too. Cool. It's the magic. It's the journey. It changed cinema. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely in the world of animation. It, it changed the game. It, cha- it changed animation. Because as much as we can say it changed cinema, cartoons are not the same on TV because of this. Mm. I mean, it, it took a while, but everyone was like, this is the way we're going forward now. And... Which does make me appreciate Studio Ghibli when they release films like Red Turtle. Yeah, no, 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 I get you. I, I, I get you, and I sometimes I miss the fact that you have two choices, you know? Yeah. I love a day where you could be like, oh, you've got... It was, it made that kind of animation more special, in the sense mm-hmm. that you could have The Incredibles on one... How I can't even think of it, the laugh I can think of. But, all right, in this world, you would have had Toy Story and you had The Lion King, you know? They're both there... They're both wonderful stories, yep. but you have two different ways of seeing animation. Mm. You know? That's slightly more digitised and then just a, a good heartwarming cartoon. Just, yeah. you know, but Computer generated yeah. versus hand drawn, essentially. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. And um, maybe it's just the era we're from that we learn to appreciate it that bit more. I don't know, you know. Oh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's the, the, the seeds of animation is, is hand drawn. Yeah. 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 I mean, shit, all, anim- all hand drawn is is a fucking the same image being painted again and again and it's basically a flip book yeah and then all of a sudden Simba's talking it's like I just can't wait to be king exactly (laughs) there's a magic isn't there there's a magic of that kind of animation so yeah and I mean (sighs) what is there not to be said about Toy Story it's well what's there to be said rather (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly I mean we've said you know Funny enough, this one didn't make a, a, a um, delete. Maybe we knew Tom Hanks was coming, so we <laughs> we yeah. pulled back. But um, you know, it's toys coming to life. It's a childhood dream, especially of our era. Honestly, yeah. kids, I don't know how much toy. I mean, well, no, the toy market. Out, yeah, so. the toy market is still big, just not as huge. It's big, but not huge. What's weird about the toy market is that it's lost its middle ground. I think so. It's still very much there for the really, really young kids. And here's a weird thing. I think it's very much there for the very, very old kids, such as you and me. Yeah. Because you look at some of these collector's figures now, like the Hot Toys. Bro, do you know how much the Venom Hot Toy is? I, I, I it's over a thousand pounds. I was like, that's a toy. Doesn't even do anything. It's not like the, the you know, the old Bob, Boba Fett that you used to get in the box of Fosties. That thing shot a fucking rocket. Yeah. This thing doesn't move. It's literally just a display piece. 
I know. So I know. the toys have gone to both extremes, but much like cinema, I feel like they've lost the middle ground. They have. They have. I can't. I can't disagree. You know, at any point, I completely agree. It's it's such a fact. It's just no. You don't see kids walking around with a GI Joe or with an Optimus Prime nowadays. In Iron Man, like for all the box office money that has been there, where is the? It's more merchandise yeah. than toy. Yeah. Backpacks, t-shirts, caps. You know, talking of that backpack, shout out to my friend James, <laughs> who got the um, Captain America backpack. My man. And oh, James, he even went on holiday. He's like to his wife, "Take the picture. <laughs> I need the picture with the Captain America backpack." Yeah, nice. good guy, good guy, good yeah, stuff, big stuff. Does James follow us? He does. He does. It was really funny, actually. He's like, I, I keep meaning to, and we're, we're at a table on a catch-up. He's like, I mean to, and Annika's like, listen to the horror movie one. And I remember when James was working with us, he was like, but I'm not a horror fan. And even I was like, huh? Why? And Annika, wonderful, and she has reminded me. She's like, you mentioned James, um, who's on his honeymoon at the time. And he's like, I love your podcast already. And he's like, what is it? Really? <laughs> I'm following. <laughs> So yeah, shout out to you, James. Welcome, James. Yeah, so big stuff. It was yeah, we, we had a good catch up. But he does have the Captain America backpack, and I'm not talking like it says Captain America. It's you know, it's like Steve Rogers. Yeah, 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 it's got yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's perfect. It, it's a nice bag. I'll actually go onto Insta to show it to you after. But it wouldn't come alive. So back to Toy Story. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, back to Toy Story. It's the toys coming alive, the adventure, and as I said when we were a big picture film club, the first time it hit me. That touch of sibling rivalry. There's a new presence in the house that's got your attention. Oh, it's not even sibling rivalry. I'd go a step further to say it's an existential crisis. Yeah. Like, you are effectively the top dog and you have just been replaced. Yeah. Where do you now belong in the world? It's true. That's that. I mean, there is so much depth to this movie. Like, yeah, at its face, it's toys coming alive and... It's an adventure of two people who don't get along and there's a bit of a villain as far as Sid is concerned. But there's so much more depth to it than that. Yeah. Like, to, to, to bring something like an existential crisis to a child's movie, it's like, fuck me. Yes, Pixar. I was going to say, only Pixar. Only from the gate, Pixar. From the gate, they, 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 they set their tone. You know? Yeah, they do. And this, this was it. This was Toy Story. So that was... So uh, fucking good. They are. I don't know another studio as good as them. I really don't. I'm not Marvel don't care that Marvel do not as much as I love Marvel they may be bringing in more money they do not give you the cathartic moments that Pixar do I agree I will not cry in a Marvel film but oh my god saying that I'm going to bring up to another person who was in no actually this is Abby I thought it was Natasha it was Abby my assistant manager does she follow us she does she does indeed welcome Abby Abby was what was it that Abby pulled me up on Oh, why have I not seen Mamma Mia? Yeah, that was the one. That's, that's, yes, Abby. That's where yes, Abby. Abby. We like Abby. Abby can stay. <laughs> so, Abby was telling me that when she went to Endgame... Here we go again. There, <laughs> there, were, there were tears at the Tony moment. I'm just saying. Oh, that yeah. Were, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were tears, and she had to explain to her other half-way, the woman next to her on the other side is in... Buckets, shedding buckets of tears at, at that moment. Yeah, it didn't bring tears to me. It got me, don't get me wrong, but it, it got me. Put but it this way, we knew someone was heading that way. I didn't think him. No, no, no. no. Hey, we called it We called it in a similar way and we both got it wrong. We both put our hands up mm. to that, you know. We said who rides in the sunset. We said who goes yeah, yeah. to take the, the, the long sleep. And yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think I called a lot more shit correctly in Infinity War than I did in Endgame. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Infinity War, I knocked that. Woo, that yeah, one I knocked yeah. out the park. There you go. Um, so speaking of which, speaking of Marvel, just on a quick tangent, we'll bring this up on one of on one of our upcoming radio shows. But you've heard that um, Scott Derrickson's left Doctor Strange too. So I've heard that. I heard that. I, I heard it, and it was quickly negated that Hawkeye, the TV series, was being cancelled. And then I've heard it. No, that's the one. It's yeah, yeah. There's a few bits going on at Disney, more specifically Marvel. That's yeah. got me wondering where where the things go at the moment. It's an interesting one. It's very interesting. Like, this next phase, I'm sure it's all going to make a lot more sense in the next few movies. Like, it's going to take a year and a half. Like, I I reckon three movies in, we'll see where they're going. But I think a lot of people are very much in Marvel limbo at the moment because it's like, okay, Thanos is done. This, most of the the leads for this generation, for this installment, this, this saga, the Infinity Saga, they're basically done. So you've um, either got the ones you didn't care about or the sidekicks taken over. Yeah. Without being rude. Without being rude. There's still two people I care about deeply, and that's my boy Spidey and Doctor Strange. Cool. Yeah, Spidey. Yeah. Spidey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spidey is definitely the face of this. By the way, thing. did you see that Morbius trailer? Yes. Yes. Did you see the fucking graffiti in the background? I, I did. Do you understand the implications that this makes? Go with what you're saying and I'll continue and see if I've got the same one. I'll not. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the implication and what I think this could lead into. But I think you're going to have a little nerdgasm when I, go. when I go with this, right? So, Venom, we agree. Until now, we were led to believe this wasn't part of the MCU. This yes. was like a Sony separate Spider-Verse. And I think the whole world thought, well, Morbius is going to be the same. They're kind of re-pegging what they were aiming to do with the amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield which is do all the bad guys and then bring in Spidey right I think that was always the plan originally yeah. and I was like oh, okay they're doing that and then at one point when the like, when the deal with Marvel runs out there'll be this established Spider-Verse with Sony and Spider-Man with Tom Holland will just continue here dude Morbius is walking down an alley there's a fucking graffiti of Spider-Man in the back and it says murderer over it the only implication of him being a murderer would be from Spider-Man Far From Home because he killed Ele- he killed um Strange I'm not Strange oh sh- what Mysterio yeah he killed Mysterio and that's now known to the whole world that would be the only trigger for that being murderer but if this Morbius is existing in the same world in, a, in, in the world in which Spider-Man is a revealed or, or set up murderer that means Morbius is part of the MCU. Now, if Morbius is part of the MCU, oh my God, has there ever been a better moment to introduce Blade? The, uh, yeah. No, 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 that was no, the I've, I've actually seen um, m- mentioned of that. I actually saw, I think Boss Logic did a poster that had Blade and Morbius, and I was like, ooh, yeah, ooh. that's but, how you bring Blade in. Can I just question? Question. Going back to... This is going to be so weird for anyone else, but going back to our group, has your view changed slightly? Because I remember you had a not MCU kind of view then. Oh, completely. Okay, cool. So I... Why have... he fucking threw a turnip at me, mate? He said categorically these Spider-Man villain movies are not MCU. So here, here's Liar. my... <laughs> here's my thing that's come. And I don't know if you paid... A, if you saw or paid close enough detail. The suit isn't the one... It's Raimi's suit. Yeah. 
And I don't know if you saw another picture I had that had an old Spider-Man, an old Peter Parker, which was Tobey Maguire as an aged man. Nah. So it's in the group. Vaguely, I'll show it to okay. you. So what the other theory that's out there is, because you know the end trailer has Morbius and Vulture. Yeah. And then came, which would make it MCU by all means. That's what I'm saying. This is MCU. And then there was the other thing of is it a curveball? And it's not Morbius. Which de- um, not Vulture. Sorry. I've heard that. I don't buy it. It you would don't conf- think no we're in abso- a live action. Absolutely not. That's just going to confuse audiences. You do not bring in Michael Keaton playing, delivering the lines in exactly the way he delivered them as Vulture and that kind of cocky swagger that he did. You don't bring in the same guy who was the Vulture. It just confuses audiences. But, so you don't think we're getting a live-action multiverse is what I'm heading to? Ooh. Uh, (laughs) What did you think I was saying? No, because there's that theory out there that he's not Vulture, it's just Michael Keaton playing someone, another guy. I'm like, well, no. But if it was in a different universe... No. They have hinted at the multiverse. But that's the thing. With who? Mysterio, no less. (laughs) That is interesting. could you imagine... And I remember when I lost my shit when I saw a picture of this before. Maguire, Garfield, Holland. No thanks. Why? Because of Maguire? Or you just wouldn't want to see the three Spider-Men? Wouldn't want to see the three of them. Can I also say, by the way, DC done the ultimate in terms of their Crisis on Infinite Earth. I heard it flopped. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. The ending kind of buzzed. But do you know what they did do? You know, we had people from all different We got different the Flashes films, talking to each other, right? Which was nice. So that was Ezra Miller actually Ezra in there? Miller was actually in there talking to Barrett and it was like... They oh, had that's that cool. Yeah, that was nice. And they retconned... Yeah, they've they, they done a few stuff. Um, I know you're slightly disappointed with... A, this is such a tangent. Such a tangent. Slightly disappointed with Titans. Um, I can't get past it, mate. Episode one just... I'm gonna, we'll it's talk about it off, because I don't want to take too far, too far off. But um, they've actually split the universes between Titans and Doom Patrol as well. Which explained a lot. Why? Because if you watched all of Doom Patrol, there's a lot of stuff with Beast Boy that didn't make sense continuity-wise. So in the new rebirth of new universes, they just split them. I agree with you. We're on getting why. into Oprah Winfrey territory here. You get a universe, and you get a universe, and you just, just whoa. But we'll and go, this yeah. is why the multiverse always worried me. Multiverses are an issue. They are. But what they also done is they stopped having Supergirls from this universe, Black Lightning from that. I was like, you guys are Earth Prime. Fuck it, just enjoy life. Yeah, which made a lot of sense. But yeah, moving back on, that was Toy Story. <laughs> Fuck me, what a tangent. <laughs> yeah. And so that was my joint number three. Joint number three, so you're number two? Philadelphia. Okay. I know what your number one is then. Yeah. It's just a series of films. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I knew what yours did oh, it not no. make, Did it not make your list? No, I mean, you punted one, but I'm just saying. You... Of course it did. Okay, oh, it's coming now. It's coming hmm. Okay. <laughs> now, Philadelphia was all so I know we've spoken about it a few times not too many not too many but all powerful very very powerful film and what I like I don't think Philadelphia could be it, it would have an impact now but it wouldn't be as powerful as it was then do you not think so? and I'll tell you why I'm listening now the world is more you how can I say this? The world back then had more prejudice. Oh shit, I'm not sure I agree with that. No, no, no. 
I, I think in in homosexuality was so frowned upon in a way that it was disgusting and here you are you would hear something and you see the actions of Denzel Washington there were, he wasn't alone in having that kind of view of you know let me lay let me lay a little theory I've got here we're going to bring this about life in general are you saying it was more it was worse back then I get where you're coming from I think homosexuals much like with anything to do with racism or sexism were more vilified back then yeah. because it was coming from a place of ignorance exactly what scares me now is that homosexuals don't think that the homosexuals and the LGBT community have got it easy and I'm not saying you're suggesting that no 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 um, but I mean they're given a fucking hard time like there was a horrible statistic recently that there's still some there's still a homosexual killed for being a homosexual every week in the capital now that's mate that's actually really sad and thank I really you thought we thank you thought. and this 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 reaction is why I'm saying I don't think it has got better because where by back then Philadelphia setting time shit man Eddie Murphy was making jokes about this in in Raw you know homosexuals terrify me because women love to hang out with them they give them a kiss and then they come home with AIDS on their lips you know I mean funny yeah. as it is that is also very much a time capsule reflection of the time and Philadelphia is very much in that ballpark because but, it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a fear of what we don't understand which is something intrinsic in, huma- in humans I don't agree with it I'm explaining it right now we are because of the internet because of social media because of the fucking fact that we've got information at our very fingertips carried around in our pocket a our phones um I think it's worse now because people have the information at their hands and yet they are still for lack of a better word gay bashing yeah I think it's even worse now good for the fact that the fa- let's go down the Greta Thunberg route right the fact that this is a woman, young girl, who is saying, at his base, I do not believe in animal cruelty, therefore I'm a vegan. Nothing fucking wrong with that. I very much like the world I live in, and I'm educated enough, and you don't need to go deep here, fucking watch a David Attenborough show, for Christ's sake, that we have overproduced each other, uh, you know, we have replicated far too quickly because we have bread like fucking rabbits that's not a statement of opinion that is a fact right look how many people are on the planet now versus I don't know a hundred years ago a thousand years ago there is a very very upward gradient right and she's very much advocating of I would like renewable energy sources she's not a fucking devil and yet somehow online People are taking what she's saying. The parents should be ashamed. She should be vilified. She should shut the fuck up. Now, it's like, how? How are you managing? What, because it's a fucking young girl? Does that offend you? It's like, how are we managing as people to, in an age where we've got so much information at our fingertips, we're still managing to vilify someone who's basically preaching good? Mm -hmm. And there's still people, I don't believe in global warming. How? There are ice caps literally melting. Literally melting. Sea levels are rising. It's a, and then you've got that cunt in the White House going, coldest winter on four years record, folks. It's like, oh, sweetie, you think global warming means it's getting hotter. And it's like, oh, dear. And that's the man running the most powerful nation in the world. Oh, fucking dearie me. Well, do you know what? For every cunt like him, we need a Greta Thunberg. Right? Mm. 
So this whole, it's got worse back. It was worse back then. Nee. Nee. Uh. They were more ignorant back then. And a byproduct of ignorance is usually violence because it's fear. We got the information at our hands now, man. And we're not doing shit. We're actually arguing against the people saying we need to do something. And that's how dumb we've got. Water levels are rising. Your girl's going, hey, yo, the water levels are rising. No, they're not. The fuck? The fuck? Mm. It's like, there's actually... The homosexuals and the bisexuals and the lesbians, the LGBTQ generally, are actually labelled now and recognised and societally, we like to think to a degree, societally accepted. Shit, man, I agree. Back then, they didn't have a fucking label of LGBTQ, which was a label of positivity, you know, not not a label of discrimination. But, you know, back then they had to hide. They had to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep it all on, on the on the low down, uh, on the down low, rather. Um, yeah, just because just cause they're socially accepted by the educated, i.e. people like you and me, and by many of the silver, and by all of the silver screen dudes, I'm sure, that doesn't mean that they don't have it fucking rough now. And I, I, don't, I don't excuse what's happening to them now. I think it's worse that they're still being vilified now because we fucking are more educated. We've got more information about all this. And yet we're still killing. There's still gay bashing going on. It's like, the fuck is wrong with us? Clearly Philadelphia is a good movie. Look at the fucking... Look at the debate that's being had here. Which is essentially what the whole film is. Yeah, it is that whole debate of ignorance and I believe don't get me wrong but I think Philadelphia helped in perception changing yes. as you said it, it, we're still not there no, it's not, we're, 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 we're not we're not in the perfect world but this shows you right and wrong you know it shows yeah. you discrimination ignorance at its highest and what education how education can change your mind on stuff mm. That is what Philadelphia was. Um, Philadelphia also had two of Hollywood's absolute holy grail in Denzel Washington and Tom Hanks. And literally, Tom Hanks. I mean, it's it's the two battles. It's the legal battle and the medical battle. And he and the human emotional battle. Yeah, he delivers on so much. I just remember that scene when you know he's ill and he's waking up and he's throwing up and you know just. Get into the bed. This, this is a performance. Yeah, this is a performance. Yeah, 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 this, yeah. You, you believe he's sick. You, you know, it's it, it's hard hitting. It's it's to the bone. It's gritty. Yep. It, that's why this film was like number two. I'm like, you brought the rain. You. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah. I. Do you know what? I'd like to build on one thing you said. It's a tangent, but a relevant one in what you just said when you said we've developed, we've known more, but we're not there yet. I'm going to bring it to something that's circling around in the moving news world at the moment. As long as people are advocating for a female James Bond, that shows we're not there. Because that means people still haven't understood what the argument is. As far as I'm concerned, this is just my point of view, of course. But while you're advocating to change a male role to a female role, while missing the argument of, well, actually, no, just write a really good fucking female role. you. Just actually honour women for being the powerful, powerful people that they are. And give them the respect they deserve and give them their own character. 
don't give them something that's been appropriated and comes with a load of baggage. That's such a disservice to them. And as long as there's people saying, make James Bond female, that shows me as good as the intentions are. Like, I don't question those people having bad intentions. No, no, no. Like, but I think that shows that we're not there. But yet. you know what it is? Is that no matter, no matter how woke people get, yeah? And there's woke and woke. there's woke. But I would think people are still in a box, you know? Yeah. No offence, but it's that sheep mentality of, oh yes, no, but that's right, why, why, why would you want to say no to that? No, I'm not saying no to that. Oh, I am. No, but it's like, but, but, how should I say, I'm not saying no to that for the reasons you're stating. Do I have a problem with a black lead in MI5? No. Fuck no. Do I have an issue with a woman in MI5? Fuck no. no. Shit, M was a woman. <laughs> Fuck. Most would say the best we've heard. Which does kind of show that you could take the role and change it. No, 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 no. It was different. Because M wasn't one character. Exactly. M it's, it's, it's was a, the code name on. of exactly. the person at the head of... That's what I'm saying. You know, that's this is an actual on. character. But this is why some argue that this new 007 works. Whereas actually taking if James Bond away... If she's the new 007, fine. If she's the new James Bond, wrong. no. Exactly. And that's the thing. And these are the things. It's like, but as I keep saying, and I don't want to... Do it to a point that oh she should be double eight or some stupidness like that. But I'm just like well, you have, fine with that. You though. have an entire. It doesn't have to be. You could still be in the Bond universe, and you know even if you just had a name and we didn't give you a code number, and then and later on you, you could make a mention of James Bond. You're now in that same universe, but why take away that element? It's the same reason as the yeah. female Ghostbusters. I don't have an issue of passing the torch. No, no problem with it at all. Mm. You can be in that same universe. But there are certain ways about going against things and you have to do it in the right way. It's not just, oh, that didn't exist and they've replaced. Not, why are you discrediting the history of it? Yeah. You can be in the same universe. I think I like the idea, but as far as I don't think Bond is a franchise which should have these branching off sub-stories. I think the focus of Bond should be James Bond. The name's Bond, James Bond. As much as I would like to see a lot more female supports around him, shit, I'd like to... You know what I've really loved about The World Is Not Enough? Sophie Maso played a really good fucking villain. Goldeneye, Senya on the top. Really, really but, badass, you but know? Let's just take this, and I'm not saying you need a spin-off film. Mm. The same way we had Sean Bean... Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can give me that character. Yeah, 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 yeah. They don't have that. to go villain. They don't have to go villain. But they could. No. Okay, this one has been vetoed. Yeah? So um, deleted, but in point of reference, mm. the same way you could have that diehard came. Him and Samuel L. Jackson had that moment, and it was never again. Like other diehard films came along, you can have that mission yeah. that he had a backup. They've saved the world. Go off. Whether we have a spinoff or we don't, cool. Even if it was that, and it just becomes completely oh, that's how this character was born, but it's never to be mentioned again yeah, yeah. of that universe. There are so many ways you can expand this, but it's like, no, we need a female Bond. I do want to talk about the small one we do that radio show next week. Yeah, by all means. I think this is one we need to talk about because it's. I think it's a very important piece of news that Barbara Broccoli has come out and said Bond will never be a woman. Okay. Ever. I'm down, but I know Pete, the, the woke, the woken warriors have lost their fucking oh, mind. Of course, of course. Um, and you know, I think we're still not in the right place. As long as people are saying we need a female bond, I think good intentions, wrong point. 
it's the same argument as when people get up on stage at the Oscars and say things like Oscars so white or things like or when Natalie Portman as funny as it was when she got up and went here are the list of all the male nominations it's like well with the highest of respect you can't make the Oscars nominate something that doesn't exist the problem doesn't lie with the Oscars not having enough black not having enough black nominations or the Oscars not having enough female nominations the problem lies with the studios in Hollywood not creating enough roles for black people and for women that would enable the Oscars to nominate them but bro bro let me bring something and I, we can this can go on for a very long time I'm it could it which is why I want to keep it for um, the radio show but we've talked about this very quickly as well briefly as well when we done our top 10 of the decade mm. what did you go to see yep that's just on you just say it and I brought that up again and again and again that is on the public what did you go to see bingo what did you if you showed people that you support this how many people saw more? Moonlight or Green Book versus Avengers says it all there we go says it all right Philadelphia wonderful <laughs> yeah that's that so you're number two sir Forrest Gump okay which that, is my pun that's a pun so what's your worst and it's not that the film was terrible it just lacked something okay it's a film called Money Pit I never heard of it it's actually on um, Netflix as we speak okay um, bear with me one second I'll tell you how deep I'm going to go into it in a minute um I'm going to do my best to vamp here. Yeah, keep going. No, yeah, I can, I can go about it now. So, basically, it's the story of Tom Hanks and um, Shelley Long. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've watched Cheers. Shelley no. Long. She was Diane in Cheers. She was like okay. the, the, the blonde-eyed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl from Cheers. And she's right. in this film. Very, quite prominent in the 80s. And, basically, it's the story of Hanks is the son of a, a, a really rich... I think they work in insurance or something like that and Shelley Long is part of an orchestra and they live in this hotel apartment and then one day they're going to get evicted because her ex-husband is coming back and he wants the flat back Mm. this amazing apartment so now they've bought this house just outside of New York and they're doing renovations to it but they bought it at a a really cheap deal Mm. and then they realise that it needs renovating like the whole house is break it apart it's like it's still standing kind of thing it was fun but it just lacked the proper comedy and warming that you had from Big and then sometimes I just feel the subplots the, the basis of the story just wasn't if you just given me a couple who just bought a house and thought they got a deal but you had this story of the ex and did she sleep with him or not kind of thing and his dad who just it, it had no relevance whatsoever later on in the film till the very end that you're like okay yeah his dad owns the insurance company that they work for or, right it was it was weird it was it had its fun but it just wasn't as funny as it should have been and okay. I thought yeah missing it's just missing something so do you remember an author called Dan Brown yes Dan Brown <laughs> Dan Brown so I've not watched any of these I've watched all three second one I actually kind of I thought was pretty bloody good Angels and Demons the first one I, I liked the novelty of it I like the Da Vinci so, Code was so fun telling tell the lie I watched half and I was like I need to watch this back because I'm not in the right mind and I never yeah, yeah. went back it, they're fine but the third one Jesus holy shit this is bad Inferno is all kinds of bad oh man 
Do you know what Inferno did? It showed me Tom Hanks is human. Ooh, that bad. It, not that he gave a bad performance, but it's like, Mr. Hanks, you are a fallible human. Clearly, sometimes you do things for a paycheck. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. This was a money move. There is nothing redeeming about this film. The review is up on the Silver Screen Dudes YouTube channel. It is, it, it is just badly paced, predictable, uninspired. It, there is nothing redeeming about this film. Not even Tom Hanks. Just when bad, Angels bad, bad. and Demons came out, because I know Da Vinci Code is one thing. When Angels and Demons come out, he didn't tell it to sign a two-picture deal, did he? That like he was like committed to it by any chance. I would like to think he did, because that would excuse this. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I'm just working with maybe you know. I'm trying to defend. Tony I'm hoping he did, but Angels and Demons was actually fun. But this, <gasps> yeah, his worst for me by a country mile would be Inferno. I'd rather watch Turner and Hooch than watch this. That was the other guy. <laughs> I remember him, but um. To be fair, he wasn't bad in Money Pit. It was just the story lacked. You know, it just lacked. But okay. So he was bad in this. <laughs> yeah. That, by, by the sounds of it, yeah. Uh, you're number one then? Forrest Gump. Run, Forrest, run. So I always say this about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is... The quintessential Tom Hanks yeah, film, I guess. I mean, it, it is. And the other thing is, believe it or not, I've seen Forrest Gump once. And yeah. it lasted. How? It lasted. I've caught bits, but I've never said, right, I'm going to watch Forrest Gump again. How and have I not beginning to, one. to though? I, oh, have I not been? Have I not been? Uh, by all means. I, I loved it. The, 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 the way a man not only influenced, but in, was entwined in so many parts of pop culture and history. Yeah. And the way they made it into a film is just absolutely hilarious and fantastic. And it's heartwarming, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, you know, the same way I, I, I said perceptions change. This was, you know, the most simple man that you could come across, but with such good intentions. And, you know, again, back in those days, you know, we, we have to be guilty where we are. It wasn't such a nice world that someone with clear special needs would be welcomed and embraced. And, you know, there's a lot of ostracizing that could happen. And you know that. And this is the guy that was just the most lovable person you would love. Yeah, to he really across. was. And he really was. That's what I love about Tom Hanks. And all these different stories, you know, over a period of time from childhood to parenthood, you know, he, he was something. Do you know what actually resonates with me that I th- that I think makes this movie much more powerful? As much as a throwaway comedy line from another movie it is, it's so fucking accurate. It's what Robert Downey Jr.'s character says in Tropic Thunder about Ben Stiller playing the special needs guy. Um, I'm so, so stupid. He's like, you went full retard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never go full retard. And it's true. If Tom Hanks hadn't played this pitch perfect as he did... This ends up being a comedy. Like, it really does. And which could be an offensive comedy. So offensive. Yeah. Um, but no, he played it in such a way that you related to Forrest, you cared for Forrest, you loved Forrest, you, you know, you, you wanted Forrest to succeed. Like, you were cheering him on for the whole fucking movie, be it when he was in Vietnam, be it when he was shrimping, be it each time he went and found Jenny. Fucking Jenny. Um, although, I, Robin Wright, just give me Robin Wright and everything. Love her. Um, to when he meets his son, like, you are cheering for him the whole way. And... I mean, it's so iconic. Like, even these simple throwaway lines, like, Mama always said laugh was like a box of chocolates. You know, it's just... And 
gotta run. If you ever hear that, someone say that, you tell me, run, Forrest, run, doesn't come to yeah, mind. But like, these are the funny things, is that, you know, they take the piss that he was the creator of the, the, the smiley face, and he was the person who created Shit Happens. Yeah. Like, all of these stuff. However, Forrest Gump, has created its own tagline. Yeah. <laughs> There's the ones that you invented that we all know, but you have run for us, run. Life is just like a box of chocolates. Yeah. Like, it, it, it has an impact that. Why did the chocolate industry have to ruin that? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> fucking dairy milk and their milk trays telling me, well, look on the back of the box, here's the chocolates. No! Yeah. Don't tell me, I want a surprise. Yeah. Forrest Gump, mate. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Just don't give me alcohol, I don't like that in my chocolate. <laughs> No, I'm not the biggest. I can do it, but I don't love it. No. Like, I bite into it expecting a nice piece of caramel and kiosh comes out. It's like, ah. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when you're eating Nutella and you eat Marmite by accident, it's like, oh, whoa, shit. Whoa, oh, whoa, shit. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah, like, I love Marmite, but goddamn, you know when your brain is anticipating one flavor and you get yeah. another? It's like, oh, shit. Yeah, it can, it can mess you right up. It can mess you right up. But no, for, for us, it's just everything. Everything. I, it is. It really is everything. I come back to that argument I make again and again and again. That last 15, 20 minutes is a little bit on the quick side. It is. It is. But, I mean, the film's got length anyway, doesn't it not? I mean, I mean, it's over two hours, but we're not talking a three-hour film. True, man. true. Um, I appreciate it for the time that would be considered length. And it feels long because it's such a fucking journey he goes on. Um but yeah they kill Jenny off too quickly like he's finally back with her like yeah yeah literally one scene to another it's like here's your kid next scene I'm dying Forrest please take care of the AIDS baby it's like then literally funeral and the fuck like come on I've waited the whole movie to see you two together shit yeah yeah Yeah, it's so good though I love it I do love it it is wonderful. Right, my number one. I mean, I wasn't shocked. I knew. It was <laughs> I knew. I did. My favorite film of all time, The Green Mile. That's my number one. Is this when you talk about the annals of quintessential Tom Hanks? Is this as quintessential as Forrest Gump? No, absolutely not. But do I think Tom Hanks brings the full force of his powers to this movie? I mean he brings a certain tone of violence to it which is quite surprising given that this is from Hanks Um, there's a calmness to him there's that charm there's that severity and the story in it of course that wonderful story of like the human story of questioning someone's motivations can this person really have committed this murder am I doing wrong here even though my job tells me I have to do this and this this question oh god it breaks me this question about life about how if you commit this ultimate crime like of killing one of God's miracles like and I'm not a religious man but you kill one of God's miracles and you have to live throughout your years watching every single person you love around you disappear like the, the fucking anguish that must be on a human being mm. oh yeah like, and that's what I think is so clever it's minor spoiler but the green mile whereby you think the green mile is 
this prison green mile it's not the green mile is it's his green mile the green mile is a metaphor yeah, 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 yeah. it's what he has to go through as a person for following through with his job but knowing that what he was doing was ultimately wrong and I'm speaking very vague here in order to avoid yeah I know yeah. exactly what you're doing but you want to talk about as well as I mean the supporting cast you know Sam Rockwell just <laughs> when is Sam Rockwell bad <laughs> like this dude is like he's unreal and of course you got Michael Clark Duncan another R.I.P. moment for yeah, this podcast yeah, yeah. that fucking hurt me it, it was just so yeah. fucking John Coffey's dead like no uh, no 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 and of course Percy one of the nastiest fucking villains like such a, such, a, such a little fucking worm just one of those guys you know those one of those little shitheads that you you know he's in a position of power because of who his parents yeah, are yeah, and yeah. he milks that and you, you've we've all met that person in life and you're like oh I'd like to squash if, your fucking it, it, larynx just, with my yeah, boot yeah, you know yeah. So like, you need a smack. Yeah, just, just, just but I can't. Just, just step out. Just step out. Let me catch you outside. Uh, yeah. where, where it's not in your world. And where I'm, you're in the real world. I'll wreck you. Yeah. You know? yeah. We've all met that type of person. And all of these brilliant sort of real archetypes, they're just brought to life in this one big melting pot of a prison. And it's just... It's, it's pitch fucking perfect. It's pitch perfect, this film. Yeah. And disclaimer makes me cry every single fucking time. Every time. This is the film that made me love movies beyond anything else. So, yeah. Cool. Rushmore, this shit. Forrest Gump needs to be on there. Yes. Forrest Gump absolutely needs to be on there. Right. So, how are we going about this? We're, because we've got multiple angles here. We've got obviously the popularist choices but there's an argument to be made that all the populist choices here are essentially the quintessential movies there's the edutainment road to so go down as much or? as I've put Toy Story at number 3 I'm thinking has it not been on too many rushes? Toy Story I don't think needs to be on because I don't think Tom Hanks this isn't a quintessential Tom Hanks performance do I think of Tom Hanks when I think of Toy Story yeah sure would I argue that no one else could play Woody yeah I would absolutely I think this is much more of a Pixar achievement than a Tom Hanks achievement as a performance what is he actually doing is he, is he great as Woody of course but, okay but then let's but take it's it for the team the... around him you know he needs the animators he needs but, uh, but if we're going to take the facets because one thing I'm looking at is we have Tom Hanks the actor mm. Tom Hanks the voice actor Tom Hanks the comedian which I borderline on big you don't actually have another one do you that I, as a comedy yeah because uh, I remember that's what I remember Tom Hanks as when he started it was comedy and then he just got deep what's your honourable list out of curiosity so to be honest I I didn't even keep it that big to be honest I have Sleepers in Seattle Apollo 13 Apollo 13 um to be honest I kept those two I, I went through the films and I was looking at the others um, yeah I can't Turner and Hooch was there but I didn't even <laughs> write it down because it just wasn't it's stupid I, I, it is the 80s fuck it do you know what I mean it is what they are yeah yeah um, Splash is there forgot uh, again these are ones that I knew but I knew they weren't going to make the rush I just didn't write them down mm. see I'm looking at all these and the, the two that jump out to me 
is Forrest Gump and Philadelphia. Those, those are, yeah, those are the two that make me go. That has to be on. This is what I feel like. This is what I feel like, and I'm like, but I'm, are we discrediting something by doing that? That's what hurts me. And that's no. what I'm like, do I? No. Those two, no, we're absolutely not discrediting. Okay, so Forrest Gump and Philadelphia are in. I, I would say that we'd be mad not to. Like, you're talking, you know, this is a profile episode. We're talking about the four movies that define this actor. Like, yeah, you have to talk about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump is, like, written in stone. That's fucking, yeah. you know, that's that's biblical what he did with that. Um, and Philadelphia, yeah, I mean, that is a defining role. He done that other one, didn't he? About Christmas as a voice actor. They didn't do too well, if I remember rightly. What, um, Hugo? No, 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 there's another oh, one. Oh, Polar Express? Yeah. What I'm saying is, it, it is a field that he works in. I, I'm just, I, I'm you're not, you're I'm not, looking for that toy story. I'm trying to see if it should be. Remember, I, I believe it's been in too many Russells yeah. that I'm trying to go against it, but I'm trying to think, are we, by, by definition, are we avoiding something that's inevitable, is what I'm trying to... I'm going back to a point I made at the beginning here about how we'd like to see him play a villain. So what, the lady killers? I'll listen to you make an argument for that. I was thinking more catch me if you can. Not in the sense that he's a villain, but in the sense it's, that... It's a is, funny twist. This is one of the it's few the times you're literally rooting against Tom Hanks. Like, you're not rooting for Tom Hanks in this movie. No, I get. I, I I can work with that, and I was looking at it, and I was like, but then there was also the fact he's fucking upstaged in that. He's what? Leo owns him. Like he is upstaged. Like, do you that, think? That's... Do you think so? <laughs> you think so? Okay. Do, do, do you disagree with the statement? I... <laughs> do you get it? It's, you I've never I'm thought not about it shit. on that capacity. I'm not saying he was shit, no, but not. he was upstaged. He was owned. I mean, it's no. I, yeah, Leo stole the screen in that film. I what about Apollo thirteen? As one of his defining roles. So okay, now it's funny because I was going to say this, but then you just told me I was saying the same film. I was. You're going to say the Terminal. The Terminal. But then I'm thinking Castaway. Yeah, Castaway, yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, if you want to show, if you, I, I've always said this to you. If you want to see what an actor can do, put him in a room alone and see if he can entertain me. Yeah. Right, all the great actors have got that that standout solo role. I mean, shit. The, the most recent one I think of is someone like Tom Hardy in Locke, you know, or Loke, as some people call it, Loke, woke, whatever. Um, yeah, Castaway kind of. Like, I think Castaway needs to be in. As mean and as joked about as it is, the fact that he literally has nothing around him except a freaking volleyball, like. Surely that is a performance that's worthy of mention. Yeah. Right. So now we're in an interesting spot here. As a role, as a character, as a performance, as a movie, which angle are we going with? This is why I'm stuck. (laughs) This is why I'm stuck. Well, um, I'm genuinely stuck too. <laughs> I've, I've never been more like, stuck. Like words are actually evading yeah, me here because um, you could you could throw anything in here. You know, I, I don't know why I'm not pushing the green mile harder. Um, 
<sighs> Saving Private Ryan, yeah, but I don't. It, no. It is, but it's not. As much as I love that film, it got its respect for me by being in my top four. Like, I, I honestly, I feel that way about it. Are we beating our heads against the wall for nothing here and just negating Toy Story because they're trying to be funny? <laughs> I, I kind of feel like it's to say, even in animation, you're going to love the guy. That's how I feel as well. I'm kind of like, more I think about it, more it's like, yeah. Because the only other one I'm kind of thinking, I, I kind of flirt with Big. But then I'm like, no. if, I had to, if I had to go between the two, Toy Story is definitely my winner. Oh, fuck it, let's just do it. I don't know who we're kidding. I really don't know who we're kidding. <laughs> there you go, mate. Let's do this. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the official movie Mount Rushmore of Tom Hanks movies in no particular order is... Forrest Gump. Our second entry is... Philadelphia. Our third entry is... Castaway. Our final entry into the top four Movie Man Rushmore. The Movie Man Rushmore. There we go, I'll get it right. The Movie Man Rushmore of Tom Hanks movies is... The one we couldn't avoid, Toy Story. You got a friend in me. Indeed, indeed. Three fantastic films. Four fantastic films. Oh, you mean Toy Story franchise? They were definitely not four. <laughs> I was just being that ask. Definitely that, not that, four. That, yeah. There are four, but one is not fantastic. <laughs> uh, I just have, just have to be an ass on it. Still refuse to watch it. Um, it you're not missing <laughs> out. I, I actually don't think I am. And if they ever do this thing where they want to be like Fast and Furious and claim they want to get to ten, because you know, if, if I hear a five, you've lost me at three. Like, yeah. The day I watch four, it would have to blow me away in a way that. You know, like the greatest thing in cinema for me to want to continue to anything past it. It's not three. So, yeah, yeah. The story ends at three. This is it. This is it. So, guys, this was Tom Hanks. This, the, it, yeah, if you don't know Tom Hanks, where the hell have you been? Yeah. Follow him. The, everything that we've mentioned have been some hits. And he will continue to keep making them. I'm sure that what we have coming out this week is another one to add to the list because... Oh, you know sure, this is going to yeah. be awesome. He, he, he delivers. He does deliver. And him playing Mr. Rogers, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. The nice guy playing the nice guy. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Could it be more perfect, <laughs> you know? It. It's going to be great, isn't it? Yeah. Can't wait. Okay, so until the next time, I hope you're checking us out on Twitter. And all other social medias, but I am the one AJ Anthony Jordan. Yep, as you said, make sure to follow us on Movie MT Rushmore on Twitter. Follow us at all social uh, podcast platforms. The links of those are in the description below. I am Nico Liro. See, See ya. ya.